we now have one, two, three, four, five, six brands. This is the message to Sundar. We've talked about this, you and I. Okay. Branding at Google is challenging. It's okay. challenging. You call it Google Bard. A much better idea would have been to take the YouTube approach and just call it Bard and get the domain name Bard.com and let people go to Bard.com and have a completely unique verticalized experience without the Google branding. Yeah. And then nobody needs to know about DeepMind. Nobody yeah. needs to know about Gemini. It's yeah. just Bard. Yeah. And Bard is a new product from Google. Yeah. The end. This Week in Startups is brought to you by Embroker's Startup Insurance Program helps startups secure the most important types of insurance at a lower cost and with less hassle. Save up to 20% off of traditional insurance today at Embroker.com slash twist. While you're there, get an extra 10% off using offer code twist. Squarespace, turn your idea into a new website. Go to squarespace.com slash twist for a free trial. When you're ready to launch, use offer code twist to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. And Northwest Registered Agent. When starting your business, it's important to use a service that will actually help you. Northwest Registered Agent is that service. They'll form your company fast, give you the documents you need to open a business bank account, and even provide you with mail scanning and a business address to keep your personal privacy intact. Visit northwestregisteredagent.com slash twist to get a 60% discount on your next LLC. All right, everybody, welcome back to This Week in Startups. Let's get to work. It's Monday. That means it's a Madra Monday. My guy, Sunny Sandeep Madra. People don't know this. He's one of my besties. When I go skiing, Every season, Sonny and I do a bit skiing. We, we uh, love talk to hang. On the lifts. We talk on the lifts. We have talks we, about life, parenting, business, you, everything. You blast down the mountain. You're, you're, I think your high speed is far faster. I think my highest ever was 40.2 miles per hour, and you blew past that. I am slowing down. I don't want to tempt okay, fate good. here, but uh, yeah. the 54 mile per hour record is not a record I want to repeat. We got no. old man bones. We got to keep it. it under 50. Under 50. Do not, do not do it again. So, yeah, but this year I'm going for it. This year I've set a target of 50 days on the mountain. Um, five zero. Five zero. But, you know, I like to go for two hours a day. I don't, you and I like yeah. to go out. We do a yeah. little bit. We have a little, maybe we have a yeah. cocktail. You know, yeah. it's that pre de scan today. Yeah. We get that little, uh, yeah. you know, spiked beverage. Yeah. Not not wow. bad to, to, for the old bones. Um, I yeah. like it. And I'm not a drinker, okay. but there's something about that, you know, little, little something at the end of the day, a little Kahlua in the coffee. Um, but let's get to work here. Everybody loves Mondays. Mondays is our AI Mondays, and I want to just announce that for 2024, we're locking this in for the entire freaking year. Oof. 52 episodes nice. next year of the AI Mondays with Sandeep Madra, and uh, we're actually selling the ads specifically for Monday. So if you're an AI company, uh, you can talk to our partnership team or email me, jason at calacanis.com. There's only three ads every Monday, so if you get one of those in your hugging phase or your AWS or something you wanted to reach people who are obsessed about AI, we're going to make this the greatest AI habit that anybody who's an AI developer, startup or investor has to come every Monday to listen to this. And you've been getting great feedback. Thank you. And it's been really fun. And, and honestly, it helps me in my day job. And it basically is, um, you know, really insightful. I even went and did a little session with our other bestie, Chamath. And, oh, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, you were pushing code with Chamath. We did. He was paired. standing next to you guys did pair programming. I love we it. We did pair programming. Yeah, he was on the keyboard. I got to give him credit. So it was really love good. It. 
it's a nice thing to do. You know, I don't have yeah. the head for programming. It's like a little too much focus and, yeah. you know, I get distracted or whatever my ADHD, but I do like the idea that yeah. you helped me sort of pop it up yeah. and, and learn about we'll it. We'll do one. We'll do one. We'll do a we'll pairing do session we'll in do a 2024. Session. For sure. Let's Actually, do we it. should do it on the air. That would be a fun for people. Yeah. All right. But you know it. what? Everybody loves to come here to watch us and listen to us do these AI demos. So if you're listening, no problem. We're going to explain what's happening on the screen, why it's important. If you're watching, great. Go to youtube.com slash this weekend. And then you can just hit the videos and you'll find a playlist there. Uh, my team made a playlist for the AI Mondays. So you just look at the playlists. You find that playlist. You can watch all the demos and you can see, you know, even if you missed a couple going backwards is a great idea. So uh, we're entering year two consider this year two of the ai revolution uh in terms of yep. chat gpt 3.5 coming 30th on. was yeah. the one year birthday yeah perfect exactly. happy birthday everybody congratulations and you know the big news obviously was google has a bunch of new updates uh so we'll talk about that today yes. i see in the notes yes but what do you got first what's what's on first what's our first demo well i i want to start with um it, it kind of got lost in the shuffle and i think it's a really really cool product and it's called notebook lm I know and about this. What? This is oh. a product by Steven Johnson, um, who is a writer who I knew from New York. He's written a ton of books. Steven Berlin Johnson is a writer. And there is a tool, I think it's called Scribner, that is a writing tool that like um, Tim Ferriss might have gotten into and he was into. Okay. So when you're writing a book, you probably have 20 different sources. Let's say you're writing a book like Malcolm Gladwell does, like The Tipping Point. Yeah, you might have 20 different sources of information, right? And you're you, you they write these kind of meta books where they read okay. 20 studies and then try to make an overarching thing. So what's very interesting about this is I was on this product this weekend because I saw a wired story about it trending uh, in the news and I played okay. with it this weekend. So this is great. Okay. The Google product, the Google product notebook wow. LM is a yeah. book for it, it's yep. basically there's a like I said, there's this, I think it's Scribner is the product. Yeah. And Stephen Berlin Johnson, I remember him from New York, really cool cat. Uh, he's on a Netflix show. He's written a dozen books. He's like a real like why old school wired guy, you know, like a Gen X wired guy. Yeah, yeah. And so this is a tool based on my understanding of it to help you collect lots of thoughts and then make sense of them, perhaps in a book format or whatever it is. Yeah. So look, I, I think you nailed it. And what Google's done, and I, I've kind of, you know, started this demo here is, um, and I, I wasn't thinking about it in the context you talked about, which is interesting because you and I just bring different perspectives. But I think about this as a collaborative space, if you've mm -hmm. got a document or something and what, you know, Google's done an excellent job of, we want to keep giving them credit. Here, I can add documents by uploading them, but I can also grab stuff from my Google Drive. Got it. And okay, then, so we're looking at an interface. It's almost like a whiteboard in front of you or like, a, would you say a con board where you're putting like little objects, boxes? Yeah, I think so. And on so. the left, it... you upload your source material. The source material yes. is typically copied text, a yes. PDF, or something on your Google Drive. So that could be a yep. Google Sheet or a document. Amazing. Yes. And you add those in. And then once those are in, you can start a chat and you can say, Tell me about this NDA. And I just uploaded the, the definitive mutual NDA. And it. basically, it will, you know, start to do its analysis, you know, using the LLM. And it'll explain, you know, uh, I, I just asked it here, like, tell me about this NDA and explains, you know, what it's for. And I can ask, like, is this a mutual NDA? Mutual? Yeah. yeah. How can I be sure? Right. And then, you know. Uh, Ooh, give me, I like I, that question. You can also do the um, sharing, so you can add people to this notebook. Ah, so you could add yeah. me right now. Got yeah. It. So, 
Yeah. So I can add you to the notebook and then we can kind of collectively jam on this. And then I can add notes to this. And I think sort of the use case you're talking about is a little bit different, but I like it as well. And, you know, if you go back into the kind of the, the and this is a good job of what they've done. They have some example notebooks here mm-hmm. where you can kind of see, uh, you know, how, how to use it. And so this is a little bit more like what you're talking about, like a bunch of notes and other things that are leveraging. Right. Um, so on the are, left here, let me describe yeah. it. In this yeah. one, they have a, an announcement, a letter from the CEO, pros and cons of, I guess, a product, some product specs. So if you were thinking about a project, and a project had a collection of documents, everybody says, oh, I want to create a language model. But eh, that's, you don't want to get a developer and hugging phase, replit, whatever. I may just want to take 20 documents that my team's worked on. So here are the 20 documents about Project Condor, whatever we're doing at the company. Could be an acquisition, could be an investment. And I just very simply upload those 20 documents. And it could be uh, the pitch deck from the founder. It could be the deal memo internal, deal memo external, last deal memo for this. Let's say that we were doing an investment deal or an acquisition. Project Condor was, you know, Google acquiring YouTube. You yep. might put all this different information in here and then people can ask questions, but when they get asked the question and they get the answer, all of those become little notebooks in this shared space. So I can see what you're asking the LM, I can yep. ask the LM, and then we both get the benefit of those queries. Am I correct? 100%. What I really love is you can basically also then use kind of LLMs to ask about the documents like I was doing in my mm-hmm. example, right? And Got I it. can kind of build on that. And so I think... I think that's really powerful. I think this is a really nice interface done super clean, collaborative. I like integration into the Google ecosystem. So I'm going to start out and I'm going to give this one like an A minus. I think improvement is basically give it more sources here beyond sort of these. And it's really up there. There's not a lot more they can do. I want to start using this kind of in in a work process for things. And I like it. I think it's a great tool. I like it. Um, I give it a B. I okay. think it's pretty straightforward right now. It's a little confusing until you look at the examples of what you would use this for. But I think we gave you two. If you're writing a book, if you're doing uh, an M&A acquisition, if you were doing a term paper, uh, I could see you using this. You know, if you were working on a project, uh, you know, in graduate school or you know, a term paper with a, you know, a study group, you might put all your notes of each week's notes in here. You might put every chapter of the books you're reading. So let's say you were doing... I don't know, uh, a cinema studies class, I might put in the script and we were doing Japanese film studies, I might put all the Kurosawa scripts in here. Uh, Perfect example, I might put Kurosawa's biography in here. And that was the first thing I was thinking was, I want to put some books in here. Uh, But there's a limit, I think, uh, to the size of it. And then I was like, wait a second, how do I get a book in here? Because they're all locked down with um, digital rights management, DRM. So I was like, Oh, so how do I get something like a biography, what I wanted to do with this was take all my favorite business biographies, put it in there, and be able yep. to query my top 10 business biographies or oh, 50 business idea. biographies, but I can't yeah. do it. Yeah. I have to get uh, a pirated copy like a PDF of it. Now, I don't know ethically, yeah. uh, you know how you would do that. All right, listen, we work with startups, and they are all over the map. Most of them very early stage, pre seed, seed, you know, going on to their series A, but some of our investments have gone on to raise those late stage funding rounds, they've gotten acquired, hey, and a number of them have gone public. And there is one thing that unites them all, they need to have their business insurance tight if they want to succeed. This is obvious, a lot of founders ignore it, and they ignore it at their peril. If it's not tight, it's not right. And we need tight and right, and we send them to a broker. 
and broker is business insurance built specifically for startups their single application helps startups get four quotes for four lines of coverage in just 15 minutes uh and broker they'll connect you with one of their expert brokers for unmatched service and it goes beyond your policy they'll make the process painless and transparent especially when you compare them to the incumbents which are slow so try in broker today with the code twist and get 10 percent off they're already amazing prices. Their startup package in broker.com slash twist, E-M-B-R-O-K-E-R.com slash twist, and use the code twist for 10% off. We love Embroker. Thank you for all the amazing support over the years, both on this program and the love and care you give to our startups. Let me ask you a morality question here. And this is, let's okay. say we had we had a friend, not me, yep. not you, but okay. we had a friend. The okay. friend said, I have an ethical question for you. I've bought these 50 business biographies. I also see, you know, if I do a search of Google drives on the web, that, you know, something like an autobiography or born standing up Steve Martin's great one or, you know, shoe dog is somebody has the shoe dog PDF in a Google drive, right? You can just search site colon drive.google.com for any PDF, and you'll find every copyrighted yeah. PDF if you want them. And I, I don't suggest you do that. And don't steal my book, go buy it. Support authors buy everybody's book. But let's say I bought all 50 books. And then I put all I put my top 20 in Google notebook from the web where I found them without DRM on them. Is that morally and ethically acceptable to you? Not saying you do it, but what would you tell yep. your friend? Gray zone. You, it, okay. So here's how I think about it. It's like the time of music sharing before we had iTunes. Mm -hmm. So, and I, look, I, I participated in like downloading music because mm -hmm. it was the only way to get digital music. Right. Uh, but once iTunes came around, I've been using it probably since 2002 or it was around very early and I've been using it because, you know, I think artists should be compensated for their work and I'm, I'm happy to, to pay them because that's how the ecosystem works. And so I would say until that type of functionality is available in Apple iBooks or um kindle or other places yeah because you know you i want it. to yeah i bought it and i want that functionality and the company's not making it available so i feel like it's okay i think the minute those platforms offer that functionality then i do should it correctly do it correctly that's kind of how i that's would how think I about, feel it. about it you know yeah you should be able to so this is just for steven uh berlin johnson i believe is his name uh it's been 20 years since i've seen him uh cool cat hey steven come on the show um would be really cool if um you could press a button there and instead of upload from pdf it said uh sync with google uh, apple uh apple books sync with amazon kindle sync with audible like why can't i just sync and put those things in there that'd be an incredible feature um and so it should be allowed and so until it's allowed i would tell my friend i'm okay with it um i'll allow it the spirit of the law is you bought it, you should be able to do what you want with it. This is why I may start going back to buying Blu-rays, just to not go on a total, total tangent here. But I feel like, you know, like, well, when sometimes the internet's down, or I'd like to have physical copies of like the top 100 films that, you know, are rewatchable or whatever to have. Yeah. And, um, you know, then trade them with friends and stuff like, cause you can't trade your digital library. So you, if you buy a movie, I, I can't like just give it to you, whatever. And then they have all these cool things like the director's cuts and the audio tracks. And they, I don't, can't find those online. Like if I want to listen to the director's yeah. commentary, I can't find the director's commentary 
uh, like cannot. on Apple. It's not there. So anyway, this is a really cool thing. So it's called Google Notebook LM. Google Notebook LM, correct. Go search yeah. for it. It's pretty cool, I have to say. Um, and they should actually, you know what they should do is Google has Google Books for all the books that are and magazines and stuff like that. They have all that stuff there. So it'd be very cool if they connected it to their magazine and newspaper archive and you could put the New York Times in there and pull New York Times archival stories or whatever. So if I have a New York Times subscription, why can't I add that to here, you know, and just add a couple of New York Times stories. I'm constantly that's another thing I'm constantly doing is trying to take a New York Times story or a financial Times story and share it with a friend or discuss it with a friend. And it's just like yeah. so many roadblocks. It's so hard. Yeah, I think the New York like Times gives you like a little gift thing now where you can yes. gift a couple of articles, but I think it's like maybe five a month or something. Well, I don't even that know what is, is helpful. So I think that's a nice yeah. pressure cooker to take it off. I do like also putting stuff in Speechify, um, yeah. which Ooh. now has Speechify Studio. I saw that okay. for the first time this week where you can create your own voice okay. and then you can read to yourself news stories <laughs> so you can train your own language model with speechify studio we'll put we'll show it next week um okay but yeah. uh yeah you can make like a jcal voice uh from this podcast and then have me read your news to you i guess yeah and train your own audio Ooh, voice. okay I'm, let's I'm keep gonna, going. I, I took a note for it okay so bard has been updated with mm, gemini, gemini pro functionality i believe whatever and that so, means so now they have google deep mind yes google bard and google yes. gemini Yes. Wh and well, what the f what's going on <laughs> with the branding, Google? Tell me what I'm supposed. Tell me. Explain to the well, audience the difference between yep. those three things, just so we can level set here. Okay. Well, DeepMind and Brain were two independent teams inside of Google that have been merged into a single team. That's now and called DeepMind. DeepMind. DeepMind is the remaining brand. That's their AI team. That's their AI team now, and that's like saying that's equivalent of saying OpenAI. It's equivalent of saying OpenAI. Yes, correct. And historically, those two teams had different approaches and they came from different worlds. DeepMind was an acquisition that Google did uh, years ago that actually led to some of the fallout between um, uh, Elon Musk and uh, some of the Google founders. Yep. And, um, you know, some of the key folks that were involved in the drama with OpenAI this week, Ilya in particular, was a DeepMind person that was recruited out to come to OpenAI. So it's very kind of some important details. Those two teams now have created a new model, a multimodal model. We've started talking mm -hmm. about these. We've used them. And that model is called Gemini. And Gemini comes in three different versions. And those three different versions basically are um, different size parameters, which have different capabilities. And Pro, which is the middle size model, is now available for use inside of BART. Mm. And on an API level, it's going to become available on Wednesday. So if you're working with Google Cloud, oh, wow. you, you can use it uh, as an API, like so the same way you can build things on top of uh, OpenAI and ChatGPT and GPTs. Um, and then Ultra, which is the kind of the most advanced model, they said will be available in early 2024. Mm. Okay, does okay. that help? Yes. We have the DeepMind team. That's the group inside of Google. The consumer product is called Bard. Bard. Now, Bard is a way for them to say, hey, this isn't Google search. This is yeah. a different experimental product. It's going to hallucinate. Click here to understand you shouldn't like base your medical decisions or financial decisions based on Bard. Bard's an yes. experiment. Then Bard uses an underlying technology called Gemini. Gemini. Gemini comes in three flavors. <laughs> Nano, Pro. Yeah, Ultra. Ultra. Yes. So 
we now have one, two, three, four, five, six brands. This is the message to Sundar. We've talked about this, you and I. Okay. Branding at Google is challenging. It's okay. challenging. You call it Google Bard. A much better idea would have been to take the YouTube approach and just call it Bard and get the domain name Bard.com and let people go to Bard.com and have a completely unique verticalized experience without the Google branding. Yeah. And then nobody needs to know about DeepMind. Nobody yeah. needs to know about Gemini. It's yeah. just Bard. Yeah. And Bard is a new product from Google. Yeah. The end. Well, Microsoft That's nailed this too with the naming Copilot, which, mm. you know, um, we had a little private chat where we were sharing some names and ideas mm -hmm. and we said, yeah, Copilot is the way to go. It's the simplest and, yeah. and nobody can own that. So Google Copilot would have been a better name yeah. um, for this. They just call it Copilot. But you know what? Google's strength is in the underlying technology. Yes. Their weakness is in branding yeah. and often in UX. And the, th yeah. the problem I have with Bard right now is there's no app, right? There's no Google Bard app. And the interface is just, I don't want to say it's terrible, but it's like the, I'd say the UI is like a five of 10. And I feel okay. like ChatGPT is, is like an 8.5. Yeah. yeah. Well, now, can I say one thing to, not to Please. Google's defense, but like very similar in branding and naming. We have OpenAI, we have ChatGPT, and we have GPT 3.5, GPT 4, GPT 4. Sure. So they've kind of taken the same but flavor. Consumers, but they didn't have a legacy brand of Google, right? They didn't. So there is yeah. no legacy. Correct. And so they can, they can start from a little bit of a cleaner position. People yeah. know chat GPT. They don't yes. really know open AI. No, they, they really don't. don't care about the ver version numbers. You just search for chat GPT. This is why yes. Google, you should just search for Bard. And then all they should say is Bard lets you do this. You can use Bard for this. You can use Bard for that. And then, yeah, when you go to the dev day, they can talk about all the underpinnings, but the oh, consumer should yeah. just experience Bard and Bard should have a logo and it should be Bard.com. This yes. is why Google Plus failed. I don't know why Google keeps doing the same mistake, which is putting things as like a subtopic under the word Google. YouTube is your biggest success. It is an independent, strong brand with its own domain name. Google Plus got lost because it was plus.google.com. It should have just been called plus.com. And you went to plus.com yes. and you had that experience. Yeah. Fascinating. So here ended the branding lesson. You have to get yeah. this right, Google. Yeah. Please. Maybe wake a better up. name than Bard too. Because like no one knows what a Bard is. I mean, <laughs> yes, I agree. I mean, they should have just bought <laughs> yeah. chat.com. I would have just bought yeah. chat.com. And you know who bought for it? Darmesh. Uh, I think bought really? it for a million dollars over at HubSpot. Yes. Um, and the huge for mistake. Wow. What a, oh my God. A million. I mean, for Google, that's like one millisecond of Can you search imagine if maybe? they just had chat.com and it'd be like hey yeah, yeah if you want to chat go there or ai chat.com yeah. or ai.com yeah. yeah you know it's just wow. there's so many different ways to do this folks but yeah the way google does it is always a mistake there's no branding person there and nest had a great branding team and then you screwed it by having the yeah. google team shoehorn it into and break it into google home there should be a five alarm fire. Actually, you know what? This is a Sergey thing. Sergey, find somebody <laughs> who you trust, who's your Johnny Ive. I heard Sergey's in there writing the code, right? Yeah. Sergey yeah, needs a Johnny Ive. He was the one that pushed for the release, apparently. Oh, really? He, Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I Say, like hey, we've got to like put this a, out. I yeah. like Sergey after Doc. He's a Sergey. I yeah. like, I like. Billionaire, billionaires writing code. We have Chamath and we have Sergey. <laughs> I love it. Samurai <laughs> Sergey. Yeah. I mean, he's worth a hundred billion. He's writing code. I have so much respect yeah. for Samurai 
Sergey. Sergey. Ooh, I like the Samurai Sergey. Like He's in the game. Oh, yeah. But this is That's a message. Awesome. For, somebody send this message to Samurai Sergey. I, I know him. Jake Howell. Okay. Samurai Sergey, please hire your Johnny Eye, find a branding person, and stop taking Google's innovations and wrapping them in bad UX. This is a place to invest. Like literally just find 10 great designers, put them yeah. in a room. Don't let anybody near them. Well, I think Johnny Hive has Johnny Ive has a studio now. He could just acquire it. Yes, go give. I mean, go give Johnny Ive a billion dollars and, yeah. and have him come in for 10 I mean, hours a week. He'll I do a better job a than the Google of, team. No offense, doing all a respect of, to the Google team. Yeah, they're doing a bunch of work for like Silicon Valley companies. Like a yes, little it's bit a of a design, design studio. Yeah, yeah, design studio. Just buy it. them. Okay, yeah. easy breezy. Okay, let's keep going here. Because okay. I'm in Bard right. right now and I asked Bard, okay. is Bard using DeepMind's Gemini? And I said, yes, it is okay. using it. Right. Um, so so what I want to do here, Jake Howes, I want to give the Ars Technica guys a little bit of a shout out because they put together okay. a really world-class um, okay. test bed. And I'm going to show some of these, but I just wanted to touch on this. But they, Let's go. they did a great comparison between original uh, Bard and uh, updated Bard and ChatGPT. And so they have a lot of examples in here. And, you know, I've kind of picked on a, a couple of them for our demo here. So I wanted to give these guys a shout out. Uh, they did a great job. And so one of the ones that I found that was incredibly interesting uh, from that example was, uh, and I think you'll, you'll like this, which is I gave it some text to summarize. And it was uh, a bunch of text that I just copied from an article. Got it. What it was able, what it was able to do was it was able to, uh, and this, this was sort of the article here. It was like, an AI-generated video of uh, Will Smith eating spaghetti. And um, basically what Bard was able to do uh, was tell me, you know, what this, like, what this was about and was also able to link me to the original article. And I think that's really powerful because, um, you know, one of these things about attribution is going to be, I think, really important when, with respect to understanding the ground truth of things and also perhaps monetization in the future. So this is one of the enhanced powers of Bard in that, when you give it text from the internet, it will, um, you know, summarize it and then use Google's vast knowledge base to kind of pull in the original source of that content. So two things you're pointing out here. One, attribution. This is something we've talked about. Who should get credit for this? You took a cut and paste of the text from an article, did not give Bard the URL. It then found the URL and gave proper credit to it so all of this like oh the llm we could never undo it we could never give attribution that is absolute bs ai has a very easy time doing attribution and so this entire concept that we don't know how it came up with the answer i call bs you can obviously figure that out and then so that's great for two reasons one it's fair and it'll probably get you around a lot of issues of uh, a lot of lawsuits but number two uh, monetization if this sends traffic to the original article, the original article gets to get some money, which is the very delicate balance Google made with content creators. Hey, if you index it, we're sending you traffic. If we send you traffic, you can figure out how to monetize it on your site. You could even use our ad network if you like or somebody else's. So it's worth giving us the snippet, just a little bit of the content to, to put in uh, to give people a preview. And so much so that they even did those one box where they kind of gave you a more specific section and that might give you the answer and content providers were like you know what i'll let you do it google because net net i get a third of my traffic yeah. from google or half of my traffic from google whatever the website's doing so i think those are two very good reasons and it plays to their strength they now know yeah. because they have that corpus of the web crawl so very very good yes. points yeah and so 
Um, I, I thought like really good example and you know, uh, touches on a bunch of things that will could really put Google in a, in a, in a good position with, uh, content creators all over the internet. Um, and, and, you know, attribution, which has driven much of the internet business for, for the last few years. Love it. Um, okay. So that was like sort of the first example I want to touch on with Bard, which I thought was really good. If your landing page looks terrible, I'm out. We all know that. You see an ugly website, you skedaddle. You leave. You're done. So you need to stop selling for okay or good and start using Squarespace so you can be excellent and extraordinary. It's an out-of-the-box business solution to build beautiful websites, engage your audience, and sell anything you want. You know Squarespace's amazing features, gorgeous templates that are always optimized for mobile, drag-and-drop web design with their Fluid Engine, advanced analytics, marketing analysis, sales data, and more. And with Squarespace, you can create an online store or start a blog at the click of a button, create a subscription business for members-only content, and so much more. And you can do this all simultaneously. It's the simplest, most effective, and best-looking way to start a business online. So here's your call to action, squarespace.com slash twist for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash twist for 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Another example which I thought was really powerful was its ability to um, go deeper in its responses. And so, um, you know, this is something, you know, talking about uh, like a, an era that, you know, you were probably closer to this stuff back in the 2000, but like, uh, you know, PowerPC versus Intel processors. This was a big yeah. debate when Mac was switching over to, um, you know, the, the Intel-based processors. And so, um, it's able to just kind of dive into much more detail uh, than before. So if you ask this question in a previous BARD, it just wasn't as powerful. And so um, the, you can basically, what you can kind of glean from this is they've done a good job of just increasing the amount of material mm. that's used in its training, such Got that it. it's, it's just as a deeper knowledge set. It's not as surface level. A lot of times before BARD was a little bit surface level and Got that's it. called out there. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like, look, th there, there's a kind of a few of these improvements that they've done. These are kind of the more interesting ones. Other ones are a little bit subtle, like it's better at jokes and things like that. I thought the thing that was most important was for me, multimodal yeah. looked very, very interesting. And there was a couple of video demos. Maybe we could yeah. do a reaction to a video here. So the video is, uh, is going to play here and, um, they're going to show some capabilities. What they were showing here in this video for the folks listening is someone on a, on a sticky note pad drawing pictures and then increasingly adding um, detail to the pictures and Bard responding to it. And so this is really interesting because what it made it seem like was Bard was able to watch video and then in real time explain what it was seeing. Yes. What was subsequently was shared by Google? Casting. It was sports it was casting what was happening. So correct. when you drew it, it was like, oh, it's a scribbly line. Then you drew Correct. it a little more and it was like, well, that looks like a, a, a bird. Oh, because yes. it's got a duck, because it's got a bill, it's a duck. It's, oh, yeah. it's in the water because you just drew some yeah. water. And oh, yeah. it's a blue duck, which really doesn't exist. So it was like really giving a commentary in real time of what's happening. Yes. And what, and this is very powerful. What there's some criticism around and controversy, I'd say more criticism, was that nothing is faked in this video from a sense of that, like, you know, the answers are coming from Bard. But the interface to Bard was not a real-time video. So what they were doing was they were taking pictures, they were giving them to Bard, and then Bard was replying with the answers on the right-hand side, but the interaction wasn't real-time video. Got it. So they yeah. faked a bit of the demo for dramatic effect. 
what it really was was static images. So they were just showing like essentially one post-it note at a time. It, and and it was say, hey, what is it. this? And they yes. would come back and say, this looks like this. And what is this now? And what is this now? But the truth is, they probably could build this in a weekend. So Sergey is probably coding it right now just to dunk on everybody and they'll release it in the next version. I, you know what? I was going to say that is like the best way to kind of, you know, demystify everything is actually just have Bard do it with video. And, yes. and at the end of the day, you know, take screenshots of the video along the way and submit them to Bard and have it answer the question. You know, I had something similar to this happen when I was watching Han Solo uh, on, a, on a long distance flight. I okay. clicked the wrong version and the version I listened to was for people who are blind. Okay. Um, and it described what was happening on the screen. And it's like, Han Solo jumps into a speeder. This person jumps in with him. They speed off into uh, an alleyway. They turn. Now they're being chased by three people. And it was explaining, there was a narrator describing what was happening on the screen. And there was still the sound effects, the dialogue. And I was like, I didn't know that existed in the world. There is, uh, and there must be a technical name for it, but there is a technical name for like a, a commentary track that's describing what's happening on scene. Now you okay. think about that, we could take any video, and if somebody was blind, you could play a music video for them, obviously they can listen to the song, but you could have a narrator describe what's happening on the scene, and the person could say, give me more detail or less detail, or pause the video, tell me what's happening, and then restart it every 30 seconds, or whatever, at every milestone, so they could say, okay, wow, I'm going to pause here, now Britney Spears comes onto the scene, yeah, she's a ninja, then she turns into this. And you know, there's enough time to explain, you know, something like uh, everything everywhere all at once, like some really dense movie with a lot of activity. And just think about what that would do for somebody who was blind, you can do this in real time, on any screen, for any video, including live sports. So you know, you have a sportscaster, and we're sportscasting yep. here, sportscasting could become could be done better by a computer, by an AI. So if Bard does this for a Warriors game, you can say, you know yep. what, who I really like when George Michaels did this or somebody who's passed away who was a sportscaster. Yeah. Yeah. And you could have like some sportscaster describe what's happening in the game and clone their voice. And man, that might be really interesting, huh? Yeah, it's probably, like, I think it starts off in like maybe different languages versus that. Because like, you know, if you watch NFL and you get to watch a game that Tony Romo is sportscasting, mm -hmm. you get his knowledge of football and being a re recent football player, which I don't think the AI can, can replicate just yet. I don't know yet. about that. If you could have Jimmy the Greek, right, who is very famous, uh, you know, Monday Night Commentator that people yeah. loved. And nobody remembers Jimmy the Greek, but I do because I'm Greek and it was like a big deal to have somebody called Jimmy the Greek. Greek. But, uh don't start calling me Jason the Greek. I mean, you can. If you <laughs> anyway, um, J. Cal the Greek. You could re bring him back and have him doing Monday Night Football. You could yeah. actually probably get all of his insights from previously and get his real-time reaction. Yeah, I, guess, yeah. I mean, if you built, yeah, if you took a model and fine-tuned it with all his previous commentary sure. combined with video with a multimodal, yeah, that's actually an interesting idea. Muhammad really Ali, cool idea. Muhammad Ali yeah. doing, uh, you know, MMA fighting or boxing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what about having Steve Jobs? I mean, listen, I, when we talk about the recently dead, I, I want to just be clear here I'm, to family members, etc., who might be watching or, you know, friends of his, I'm, I'm not making light here. But sincerely, like, are we eventually going to have people who've moved on and passed on, you know, like do a keynote or send a message and they did that with tupac right he, he did a tour yeah. so i think this is a fan very hard decision I think they did like a like yeah. a, a, a what do you call hologram thing a hologram i mean so if tupac can come back yeah. could 
you know, Steve Jobs come back, it might be too soon, it might be too painful for people. But eventually, could Steve Jobs come back and, and release the next Apple product? Uh, yeah. You know, it does so many ethical, moral, emotional things to think about there. But we, we seem to be on the cusp of that. Um, you know, the other thing, um, I, I, I was so impressed with um, what they showed with Gemini. Um, the one I found really interesting is multimodal where they took uh, a math test. So mm. maybe we could pull that video up and uh, yep. my team can do it too. But they were uh, explaining the reasoning of in math and physics. All right. Not so this is super interesting. Here you see this is the they are taking a picture and of right and what the answers and explain the concepts that yeah. so it scored the test, Sundeep. Scored so the test. Identify yeah. some mistakes <laughs> with problems one and three here. Let's take a look at three. That's incredible. Teachers don't have to do. Teachers no longer have to score tests. That's a big part yeah. of the job. That the formula was correct, but there was a mistake in calculating height. We can ask Gemini <gasps> to explain in more. Ah, that's powerful. The height is fifty meters instead of six. Yeah, not even okay, so not even teachers so much. Here. Not even teachers so much. Parents, like I don't know if you ever have to kind of help oh, with yeah. homework. Like sometimes you're like really got to dig deep back, and especially yeah. as they're getting into algebra and calculus. But you're like, like let's oh, say man. here, you know, they're yeah. they're they, they've identified which question got wrong. Then they're yeah. looking at your solution as a student and finding and, and they're finding which, your mistake, and yeah. then explaining to you how to fix it. Yeah, this is the, an example of a, the teacher doing their work when they're not in the classroom, which is scoring tests. That's done. Then sometimes the teacher will circle the place where you made the mistake. That's done, the detail. And yep. then you have to get tutoring and you have to do corrective work to not get it right the wrong time. Those are three components of work humans do that yep. has now been replaced by an AI. So let's yep. just think about teachers in general. Now teachers don't need to score tests. The test would be scored in real time. So you take your test up to the front of the class and they literally just put the test like, in front of a webcam yep you have a webcam facing down they just put yep. it there move put it there move put it there move and it's sent to you what your score in real time what you got yep. wrong they could send you to another room to go over the answers then have you come back and take three new versions of the three questions you got wrong and rescore yep. your test so think what that does for education you know there were those really cool teachers who would let you retake a test yes because they yeah. wanted it you to do the best possible yeah. You could be doing that in real time. You, you, you would learn more by fixing it and coming back than you're doing the real learning. But it's not scalable. If they have to do that for 50, not you know, 20, 30 students, they can't. This is a great aid for teachers. I think it's even a greater aid for students because they can sit there while they're doing their yes. practice, their homework. And Correct. you know, when they get something wrong, they can highlight you know, why they got it wrong and explain to them how they should have done it differently. Starting a business used to be such a painful process. You needed to get a lawyer. There were tons of fees. It was a mess, but not anymore. Just check out Northwest Registered Agent. They're going to help you form your company fast. Remember, speed matters. And then they're going to get you the docs you need to open a business bank account instantly. Then they're going to provide you with mail scanning and a business address. And they're going to do all that, keeping your personal privacy intact. Northwest can form LLCs, corporations, and nonprofits. And here's why. Founders love Northwest. There's no hidden fees. There's no upselling. You can call them or cancel at any time. And Northwest has the best of both worlds solution. It's simple and self-serve, but they can be hands-on if you need help with their amazing registered agent service. Northwest provides everything you need to start and maintain your business. And they're giving Twist listeners a 60% discount. For just $39 plus state fees, 
they'll form your LLC corporation or nonprofit. So visit NorthwestRegisteredAgent.com slash twist today. NorthwestRegisteredAgent.com slash twist. All right. So we should give a score for Gemini here. Yeah. I have to say, I was blown away. I think that they have leapfrogged uh, ChatGPT 4.0 in some modest ways. Um, and obviously on the tests, like there's a battery of tests. I'll have you explain that in a second and pull up the list yep. so people understand how that works. They seem to have smashed ChatGPT 4. Smashed. Now, who knows if ChatGPT 4 is going to take this lying down or not. I suspect they won't. And maybe they'll drop like a 4.1 or a 4.5 to, to smash Bard back and smash yeah. DeepMind back. But this to me means Google's in the game. They're taking it seriously. I, I mean, I, people are not going to believe this, but I'm giving this an A+. Because okay, I'm going to pull up the uh, benchmark. Okay. Yeah, oh, and A plus. Wow. I'm okay. giving it an A plus because I okay. do think to surpass OpenAI on this many items, even though I think the interface is still janky and needs work and they don't even have an app and they don't even have a brand and it's just confusing. And, you know, uh, if I were, I'm rating this release as an A plus release. Let me say that. Okay. Wow. Now, product wise, I think ChatGPT is still a better product because their interface is an 8.5 of 10 and i give the google interface like a four or five i mean the google interface looks like it was not made by anybody it looks okay. like they literally went with some default template you know like that that was built into like wordpress a decade what are ago the, right what are the differences you see between the bard interface and the chat gpt interface okay so um first and foremost Majority of people and majority of work consumption and creation is now doing being done on smartphones. So yes. I always judge it on the app and work backwards. Okay, there yeah. is no so that, app. It's huge. There's no app. That's there's that's no just, app. So yeah. that means you lose of ten points. You immediately lose five. So now right you're there. at a five. Yeah. Now we're going to just grade you on your web and your web based app. Yeah. When you pull up Bard in a web app, when you pull it up on your desktop, yeah. Yeah. it looks cluttered confusing they just put it under the google taskbar you know with all the accoutrement it doesn't have its own look and feel so i'm okay. minusing a point for that okay um and then i don't think the pagination and the formatting are as clean and crisp looking and the fonts mm -hmm. and the topography i'll get i'll take a minus one on that too so i give them a three of ten actually now that well, i'm doing my interface okay. three of ten well you know what now, i was kind of looking at it different but the okay. sorry go ahead and then no, i just I think chat gpt if you use that app Yep. It is so polished that it's delightful to use. I've been using Dolly now to write my blog, yep. to make my blog post headers. And my illustrations yep. on my last two blog posts look like a million bucks. If I had hired an Amazing. illustrator to do that, it would have been $5,000 per illustration, I think. At a minimum, $1,000. You couldn't do what I just did in Dolly. You can pull them up, my team, um, in a minute. But if you go to calicanis.substack.com, yep. I'm doing a weekly startup post and I changed my list to Calic Jason on startups or something. Um, and th just the two header images are gorgeous. Um, so let's talk about scores here. Let's talk about scores. And by the way, yeah. just hire somebody so, yeah, to do the mobile interface. Samurai Sergei. <laughs> I need you, Samurai Sergei, to take out the sword. <laughs> Whoever's on the design team, you just choop, cut yeah. the team in half, fire them. And then you find an external team that's great at making apps. And you ask them to make three versions. You give them five million bucks. And then you come back to your team and say, why don't we, why aren't we as good as this independent firm? And then yeah. you make you pick the people from that firm and you give them an offer they can't refuse. And you go Samurai Sergey. Samurai Sergey. All right. You coach him. Samurai Sergey. Let's do it. 
Um, so, you know, a couple of things here, Jacob. We don't have access to Ultra yet, right? So what we're playing with in BARD is Pro. So Pro, you can see here across the board, uh, scored lower than GPT-4. Okay. And so even though in your experience, you're feeling on like it's what? equivalent. Explain to people what they're seeing okay. on the left there. Mass, so, big, so, reach, hard. Yeah. What, what, what is this? I yeah, know what so it is, but explain to everybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so there's, um, I, I think there's eight, eight critical benchmarks that people use to score different models. And what you can see here in this chart uh, that I have pulled up is Gemini Ultra and Gemini Pro versus GPT-4, 3.5, Palm 2, Claude 2, Inflection, Grok 1, and Llama. Hmm. And so these are kind of all the major uh, LLMs that are out there right now. Um, and it's, you know, changing rapidly. And what we see here is Gemini Ultra on almost all benchmarks uh, scored higher than GPT-4. Can you give and, us an example of but one of these benchmarks and what it is actually testing? Um, I mean, the, the simplest one, which is the one we were just looking at is GSM-8K, which is grade school math. Got it. Right? And so... That's the second one in this chart that I'm looking at. You can see that GPT-4 gets 92% of the questions right, and uh, Gemini Ultra gets 94.4. Now, So this to is, to be clear, they took grade school math, and they have a battery of questions, like a standardized correct. test. So this is kind of like the SATs, or I forgot what we called them in New York. I think they were called your regions. But yep. these are your testing. These are your tests. Yes. Everybody takes the same test. And it's basically not, you, you can't cheat so you, on it, essentially. Well, it, so that's a very good question you asked. You are not allowed to include the test in your training material. Because not if it. you include the test in training material, you'll probably get 100%. So the, the researchers and people that are doing this have to hold to to that standard and say, hey, you cannot include any of the questions from any of these uh, different benchmarks inside the training material. And I like this, MMLU. Multiple yes. choice questions in 57 subjects, professional and academic. Correct. Um, and this was done by some university or some uh, researchers, correct? And correct. then they put this out in the world. And if we look at that one, Gemini Ultra, 90% on this multiple choice test. Gemini Pro, 79%. Okay, great. ChatGPT, 87%. So Gemini was know whatever it is a couple of, of gemini was an a, a a student and J gpt4 was a b plus student got it but what's interesting yeah. about this is if you go down grok one is at 73 already and that's yeah. uh, under six month old claude's been at it for a while they're at 78 percent, so they're not applying themselves well enough um and then llama two which is uh zuckerberg's one that's an open source am i correct yes correct that, is that's at 68 percent and correct. So we're seeing open source far behind the class. Be interesting to yes. see if they catch up. Well, but the the thing, can I just comment on that? The Please. idea with Llama 2 is it's not meant to be a model you use out of the box. It's meant to be a model you take and you find here. And ah. we don't have it in this example, but I'd be willing to guess there's a Llama 2 fine tune that can score higher than both okay, GPT-4 and Gemini Ultra on MMLU, which is Why the multiple choice. Why isn't the Falcon choice. project on here? I guess they just, it's not doing as well, or they didn't think of putting it on here, I wonder. Um, I don't know for sure, but my guess is it's not scoring as high as any of these other projects right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, great. Uh, so right. this is amazing. We What you find here is chat GPT-4 has not run away from, has not i think what we've learned now is as an organization open ai has an achilles heel right 
the Franken corporate structure, the, the Franken yep. structure. The Franken and structure. then also, um, there are two other criteria. There's the core power of the language model, which we're seeing here in these tests. And ChatGPT and OpenAI can be beat. That's what we've determined with this, correct? They're, they're beatable. Yeah, that, I think that was the biggest thing last week, which is folks got comfortable that, um, you know, what ChatGPT had wasn't, you know, magic, or it wasn't so far of a technological lead that it couldn't be caught up. And the fact that someone else got there means other people can get there as well, which means we're heading towards commodity. Um, which, you actually, which you have always said. That's yes. always been your position. And what's very interesting about this is if you look at this chart, GPT-4 was trouncing the other competitor. So when you compare yes. Claude to ChatGPT-4, um, uh, and G I'm sorry, GPT-4, yeah, Claude or to Llama or to Palm, it really did feel insurmountable. You know, there are scores here, 92 to 80, you know, um, uh, 92 to 88, 52 to 34. I mean, these were big leads. But yes. then now, so there's that piece. Then there's the piece of user interface. And then there's the piece of proprietary data. Mm -hmm. And so if we were to look at those, ChatGPT4 and OpenAI team, they have some, I don't know who the web designers are in there. Somebody tip us off of who's designing the app for OpenAI. But that's the person Samurai Sergey's got to poach. They got to yeah. get in there and steal the design team from OpenAI and just double their salaries and double their options and get them on the team or find somebody who can. So they've got a massive lead there, but that's an easy one to close. And then they've also, the question is, who's got the lead on data? So yeah. I need you to answer that question for me. Because well, the language models are at parity. The interfaces yeah. can be at parity, but the data, that doesn't seem like it can be parity. So explain. Well, so I think there's this answer comes in two parts for me. And it's actually one of the parts come from your recent interview with David Luan from Adept. And you did a great job. I want to give you credit as oh, one of my you. favorite twist um, episodes. And David shared just a little bit of kind of nuggets along the way as you were interviewing him. And one of the nuggets that he shared was in terms of the training material, it wasn't all public information. They went in mm -hmm. licensed information. Yes. And one of the things that might have happened, and this is like speculation, but you know, I, I think we can we see it sounds reasonable, which is. Prior to the explosion of, you know, last November 30th of ChatGPT and then early next year with ChatGPT4, GPT um, if you were some organization and this open um, nonprofit shows up and said, hey, we want to license some material for you, you'd probably be like, yeah, sure, you want to pay us some money, you're doing some kind of nonprofit research, great. Um, they may, and you know, they have a contract for it and it's all good. I think, you know, that's an interesting thing in terms of what they were probably able to do in a past life. And what we're seeing now is in, in over the last, even the weekend and last week, some people were complaining about GP, GPT-4's um, capabilities are coming down. And that mm -hmm. may be some of that material may be having to come out of the training material. They may be updating their models. And we'll talk about that in one of these demos that are coming up. And so... Mm. Um, I think between OpenAI being at this for a long time and their approach, and then Google with just their vast access to information, you know, being kind of the company that organized the world's information, they both had this interesting approach. What I will say, and I, I tweeted this yesterday, I'm saying right now, GPT-3.5 mm -hmm. has been commoditized. So, wow. um, yeah, and we're going to do a demo for um, yeah, coming up next. 
and um, it's using a specific model we'll talk about, but I'm willing, I just want to say here, GPT-3.5 level models have been commoditized. There's okay. nothing special about them. Wow. Okay. This yeah. is big news, folks. Um, yeah. And this is great news for the overall ecosystem, correct? Now correct. startups correct. are not beholden to open AI. When the APIs become more rich and the costs go down, this is all going to be commoditized in the same way storage has. Correct. This was a big question. If you paid a lot of money to invest in open AI, buy the secondary shares, and listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to screw up anybody's deals here, but if you invested in a large language model at a very large dollar amount, I'm concerned about your investment. Now you have downside protection because uh, you know, even if you invested in yeah. something at 10 billion, Pre 20 billion, you have the preference yeah. stack. So don't cry for any of these folks. They knew that going in. But the fact is, a large language model on the internet is worth a billion dollars. If it's one of the top five, it's not worth 100 billion. Am, am I correct, correct for that statement? You think? I, you believe I, I think you're great. I, I, I think you're right, right? But, I think, but literally um, last year, you would yeah. value a large language model at 50 billion, 25 billion, 100 billion, because there were, there were only two or three really good ones. Yes. Now there's going to be 50 good ones. Um, probably. What do you think? And there'll be 50 worth a billion and none of them will, you won't even be able to tell the difference between them for nine out of 10 searches. Am I correct? I don't think we're going to be able to tell the difference. And that, wow. that's maybe it, it's a good jump off point, JKL, to the to the next thing. Okay, here we uh, go, which everybody. Is more demos coming. Do we need to give a score to anything? Uh, you didn't give uh, your score for uh, this release by Google. So in totality, I gave it an A plus because Samurai yeah. Sergey yeah. uh, just proved he just commoditized the market. Yeah. DeepMind I'm commoditized gonna, the market. I'm I'm only going to give it a B plus until Ooh. we get API access to, okay. um, you know, Pro, which is coming on Wednesday. And then when we, and I want to also reserve until we get to actually play with Ultra because we, we haven't had a chance. And so, uh, but I do think they haven't, mm. it's, this is like the example you gave of you get to come back and get your score updated. So yes. either they release like an updated video of Gemini Ultra kind of doing the, it all like as they showed in that video, or they just release it to us developers and a limited sense and you can move Great. your way to an A+. plus. All right. And that David Luan episode is 1855 if you're looking for it, folks. It'll be All linked right. in the show notes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So next, uh, we're going to actually, I'm going to just jump around in our notes to, to this because it's just, it's a natural flow. And then I'll come back to the next thing I want to show you. Great. So next, this weekend, the team at Mistral released another new model and it's called an 8x7B. And okay. you can you can play with this model at Poe. So one of the things that, um, you know, if, if you're a subscriber to Poe, you're able to pick which model you want to chat with. And they have like all kinds of models there. You could, they have API access to GPT-4. They have uh, Claude. And so it's so sort you of don't need one... to have an API key. They abstract that. They use their API keys. You pay them. That's and it. then they figure it out. Yeah. And I, I got to go get a subscription to Poe because I really, and Poe is by yeah. Cora. Cora, Which yes. is um, Adam D'Angelo. Yes. Uh, who would be great to have. A, we should have a guest. We should do like a Tuesday with a guest, me, yes. you, and Adam. So yeah, let's, let's, do uh, a, let's do Adam on a Tuesday and we'll have a back-to-back. -back. But it'd be great to just go through Adam and his thinking. But he's also the one on the board of OpenAI and at the center of all that nexus right. of, um, yeah, chaos yeah. the last couple of weeks. Not, not that he caused the chaos, but he was he was, he was was there in the room where it happened. It was happening and he was there. He was there, yes. He was at chaos adjacent. All right. So- why this model is really interesting, and this is the when when I saw this model and I got to play with it, um, it basically you know led me to the conclusion which I said three point five has been totally um, uh, 
commoditized now. So this is what's called a mixture of experts model. So this is eight, seven billion models working together. Um, and why this is really interesting is in a few ways. One, when the models are smaller, the resources that you need to run them become much um, easier to, to obtain. And the resources required to train them become much easier to obtain. And so generally a rule of thumb that you can use is if you look at a model size mm -hmm. and if it says 7 billion, you need 70 billion tokens to roughly train it, 10x the amount of parameters to train it. Mm -hmm. um, and so when you get these really large models that are 70 billion, 270 billion, you need trillions and trillions of tokens, which then leads to you need very, very specific compute clusters that only a few people in the world have. When you have the smaller models, you can use much more kind of readily available compute to, to train these things. And what Mistral released with this model is a mixture of experts. And this is generally considered how um, OpenAI is structured. It's, I think, you know, they may have changed it recently, but before people were saying it's like six, 20 billion models working mm -hmm. together. Um, so they did eight, seven billion models. And what they were able to show is eight, seven billion models can outperform Llama 270B. They can outperform 170 billion parameter model. Okay. And, um, and that, you know, as we saw on the previous one, the Llama 270B was lower in score, but it's designed to be fine-tuned. And if you fine-tune it, you could probably get it up to, you know, matching all the other um, uh, better models. And now that you can take a smaller model, which is much more uh, realistic for smaller companies to run and fine tune, um, you know, the 3.5 era is commoditized. And so mm. you can play with it here. And I gave it, like, you know, say, tell me about the founding of Atari. And it was able to tell me, you know, who founded it and what went on. And, you know, the, you, you can run it through the benchmark. But the key thing here, talking about, you know, Poe and, and this Mistral model is we've you know, the open source community combined with Mistral has found a way to take on these large models. And just one year ago, GPT-3.5, ChatGPT was announced. Now we have an open source model that anyone can take and fine tune and run without having ridiculous infrastructure. And um, you have the equivalent of what ChatGPT was a year ago. So I'll pause there and let you react to that and ask me questions. Yeah, I mean, here we are. I just subscribed to Poe. I paid $199 for the year. Yes, and, <laughs> 200 bucks. <laughs> uh, while we were talking, I was like, well, Arpu. that's the... That's a decent ARPU. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the cheapest I'm going to spend, and I want to be up to date on all the models. So the fact that they have abstracted it, so let me just open up the conversation to Poe, generally speaking. Yeah. I've been looking for this because, like this show, kind of helps you level up. I feel like letting people see everything is great. And then they also have bots, and they let you create bots and stuff like that. Correct. Yeah. So and that's that kind of like what you're... That was a little bit of the tension that was there with GPTs got launched, right? Because they had just launched these bots and then GPTs got launched like literally a few weeks yes. later. So that was part of the speculated tension. Maybe we can ask Adam about it directly. Well, I mean, also no conflict, no interest, right? We always say that here in Silicon yes. Valley. So listen, you're Correct. on the board of this thing. Who knows who's an investor? Maybe, you know, Sam has shares in Quora. Maybe Quora's got a licensing deal with OpenAI and they're sending a billion dollars yeah. back and forth. Who knows? Uh, you know, I think Quora's got this incredible uh, data set. I think what Quora should do is come up with a revenue model for people like me who are super answerers in the system. Like I did a thing with Quora twice where they had me do a like live Q&A, like an AMA. And I just took 25 yeah. questions and it really builds their corpus up with an expert. Yes. So, you know, I yeah. did and it, and it grew my following on Quora. Now, I never figured out how Quora would work for me, how it would help me. 
I'm sure people see my answer there. Maybe I get a little bit of play. But I know that people who are lawyers, accountants, real estate people, they love answering questions there and putting bullet points on it. Because it makes them famous, right? So if you're not famous, you can become a famous real estate broker in New York City by sharing your knowledge, right? And being number one there. And then people call you, they know your name, they see it, you can send your profile to people. But what if, you know, every time my answers were used in uh, an LM, I got a licensing fee. So as mm -hmm. the number one angel investor, early stage investor, and you as the number one, you know, AI developer, and, and Susie as the number one, you know, tech lawyer, and John as the number one real estate agent, every time they got their licensing fee at Poe, they distributed to us as being, you know, X number yeah. of answers in the corpus X percent of real estate or whatever, $10,000 a year. The Spotify I would be like pretty, for everyone else. The Spotify yeah, for like everyone Spotify else. for everybody else. Spotify yes. for knowledge. Right? Where yeah. is that model? And I, I think that Adam could do that where he just said to folks, hey, we know we ver here's the verified list. So if you move to verified on Quora, and we know your credentials, we have your driver's license or passport, we know it's really a human, you're not stealing the answers, and you've done over 100 answers, and you've been on the system more than two years, you get into the licensing pool. And if you want to be in the licensing pool, you got to be an expert and get this much, like just take that and then for all time, and then they could be telling me, hey, if you do 100 questions, we'll pay you in advance. Yeah, these are 100 questions we want to have in the corpus. If you answer these 100, we'll give you $100 each, we'll give you 10 grand. And then that'll be against your earnings in the future. There's a really interesting model there that could work. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I think, yeah. you know, it, it, what you talked about is sort of what Sam hinted at with GPTs. Yes. And, you know, we demoed them as soon as they came out. And I think, um, you know, the, uh, the enhanced ability of, of uh, Quora slash Poe ah. is that they're not limited to offer it with just the open AI model. Because you can mix and match and you can have models that are lower cost to run that maybe the monetization is better on because they don't have when, you know, it's Mistral, they don't have to pay as much money to open AI for using chat GPT, especially GPT four, which is quite expensive. So, okay, I so think, to recap what we just saw, yeah. the high order point here is there is a new model that has commoditized the 3.5 level. Correct. And it's essentially now free to use these. Yes, you can run it on pretty standard uh, compute and um, define pretty standard compute. A, a MacBook Air M2. I, I'm saying like for a service, right? Like so for ah. a develop, like you know, if you want to run like a service, you're going to run it in the cloud. You don't need to go and procure a, a farm of H100s to run it. Got it. So yeah. you can run this with just standard CPUs. You, you, know, know, you should use you could you can but you should use gpus but you don't have to buy the latest and greatest um from nvidia that has so when the models get bigger jcal you definitely need to use the bigger chips because they have a huge memory um footprint that's required to run them and we're going to show that in the next demo when you're trying to run these things so when they're really really big you have to have a memory interconnect amongst these chips and they have to run in like racks and even, you know, more even beyond because racks. Because you're giving like multiple it racks. big chunks of information Correct. at a time to process Correct. and it just Correct. can't be done without, yeah. uh, it's not, it's not going to read that from a hard drive. That'd be far too slow. It needs yeah. to have really high speed memory. What do they call the memory now? Uh, there's a specific name for the memory chips in, inside of these GPUs. I forgot just the name like, of it. Just, did you like VRAM, like, you know, kind of, yeah, for that they use for inside GPUs. But the idea is um, that when you get these large frontier models, like, you know, 100 billion, 200 billion, 300 billion parameters in size, 
they are hundreds of gigabytes, even approaching, um, you know, like a terabyte. Well, a terabyte of memory, as you remember, even from your days working in the computer lab, um, a, a single computer can only support so much memory. So what you have to do is have multiple machines, stitch them together, have them working amongst each other and very close so you can support it. When the models become smaller, they can all fit on a single machine. Mm. That really lowers the type of, um, you know, hardware that you have to go after for to running these things. Mm. Got it. Awesome. Okay, yeah. let's continue. Okay. And so, um, yeah, last thing just on Poe, uh, these are the different models that you can access if you're using uh, Poe today. You can use uh, GPT-4, Playground, Cloud Instant, Dolly, you know, Mistral, when I was just showing you there, Cloud 2 with 100K. Um, yeah, so all the different models. So it's really, really great to, to leverage if you want to try the different models and get on the subscription tier, 200 Fantastic. bucks a year. Great. Awesome. Um, right. So I guess we got to grade that. Yes. Feels like a B plus. I don't know. What do you feel? Well, I'm going to grade two different things. I'm going to grade Mistral 7B. I'm going to grade Mistral 7B as an A+. plus. Okay. Because it will, like I said, commoditize the 3.5 okay, level. Okay, yeah, I'm going to give it an A for that. If it, that's how we're yeah. basing it. Okay, I'm going to yep. give it an A. And okay. then Poe, I'm going to give Poe, um, you know, it kind of suffers a little bit of UI wonkiness in the same way. It's like very engineer, kind of like tech heavy. So I think it's a great tool. It's quite powerful. It has lots of different ways for you to try all the different models all in the same place. And so I think from a UI perspective, I, I kind of knock its grade down to probably a B. But I think the fact that they just make it all available, all the different models, they have all the partnerships done. Some they run locally, some they run with other you know, startups mm. in the ecosystem. So I think it's like a B right now, but if they continue That's what to I would improve give it, yeah. yeah, I give, I give, I give Poe a B, yeah. um, but I will give them credit that they do have like a desktop app now and they yeah. have mobile, apps. mobile app. Yeah. yeah. So I think that they, I think Adam understands consumers pretty well. Now, yeah. you know, when you do and they these have a monetization apps, model, they have a good yeah. monetization model, right. That, you know, people can participate in. Yeah. Uh, explain the, the model of uh, bots and what they're doing. Yeah, the, so the, the different bots can exist like either as core um, m language models, or you can take one and you can fine tune it. So you can create the Jake, the thing that you were talking about. So you can create the JCal bot that is trained on your books, maybe all the episodes, and it's it's uh, you know it's been fine tuned, and you can put it up there, and then people can use it, mm. um, and you know basically you can monetize it that way. Mm. Um, you'll like this one. Let me share this. I'm going to share my screen. I'm, I may have to go B minus now. I may I may have to go to a C because of this. Hold on. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a joke. But I just asked their photo underscore create E, which is one <laughs> yes. of their bots operated of by their bots. Angel A. Chen. It's got 12,000 yeah. followers. Angela Chen. Maybe An Angel oh, Angela, Angela Chen. Chen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 197. Just, I said, hey, it's, she asked, uh, hey, can I create images with your prompt? I said, make me a handsome version of Jason Galacanis. Yeah. And it came out with this chubby version of me as like, <laughs> I don't know, like some dude in San Diego who's, you know, yeah. going to get sushi. Um, okay, this is this is good because we, we have a we have a kind of an updated version of this. And let me just share the monetization model here. Uh, oh, I can't. Uh, you're gonna have to kill the share. Well, so here, I can I'm just gonna ask him to make him thinner. Let's see. Oh, okay, uh, let's see what it does. Generating for. I mean, it is. I will say it's pretty fast. Oh, uh, that is not good. <laughs> that's not good. I said make him thinner, and it made a yep. pig horse okay. in a suit. Make. Oh, because I maybe because uh, I said make he thinner. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So yeah. this one is clearly hallucinating. 
Uh, but I'm still going with Poe as a B, and I'm going to do it. Okay. Let's do a deep dive into Poe when we have okay. uh, Adam yeah, here. For sure. So let's do let's it. Let's get awesome. Adam on the call. All right. And just on monetization, I want to close it up. It's up to twenty dollars per user that subscribes. And so okay. if you put your model in here, you can make twenty dollars a user. You have a thousand subscribers. You're going to get twenty thousand dollars a month. Great. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. All right. I like it. Okay. This one is really interesting. It's been going around the internet. I'm going to see your reaction. We're going to get like a Jake Cow reacts moment okay. here. Here we go. Live. Okay. All right. And okay, direct. let me just live let me direct. just live and direct. Okay. So one of the things that I've been seeing um kind of in the last couple of weeks, like really kind of uptick in is uh folks creating these influencers. And yes, uh this yes. is a big and deal. So okay. So this, you know, it's it's a good lead up here because what I did was I created a collab workspace. This is a, a Google product. Um okay. it's 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 sort of um like a different version of Replit, but it's yeah, all it's within the IDE. Google yeah. Exactly. It's an IDE that has access to compute. And what I did, um, I was able to basically get a model. In this case, the model um that I am using is called uh, Juggernaut Excel. So this is what it. would be called yeah. like a fine-tune of um of stable diffusion, right? SDXL, stable diffusion XL. So it's a fine-tune, and the fine-tune's been um really kind of focus on making people mm. and um yes. and so uh i oops let me go back here and yeah. um and what i did was i used this uh, framework called focus and basically focus lets you um run these models locally mm -hmm. uh, you can see here um in this little interface uh when you when you kick this off a model gets uh pulled in that model is about six gigs in size you see that right here 6.62 gigabytes yep and you can see its uh, utilization, how much GPU RAM it's using, system RAM it's using, and whatnot on the right-hand side here. And so uh, now what I have is I have a um, uh, my own model running uh, okay. that I downloaded on your from Hugging Face. Uh, on my own, well, yeah, hardware that's in the cloud, right? Got in it. this yep. case, it's in, in Google's cloud. Nothing too spectacular. Like it's, I don't have to pick like H100s or anything like that. And so let's say... Uh, Blonde uh, woman um, standing in front of the Eiffel Tower. All right, this uh, can get dangerous. I can see it's getting dangerous blue. quick. Yeah, we might have to edit this out if it goes wrong on us, but it should be fine. <laughs> Let's be careful, folks. This could go. I mean, <laughs> no, this is true, though. When you do Dali, it has a lot yeah. of rules. You can't do a regular person. Well, you can't do nudity. You can't get too risque. But yes. I do see people releasing AI you know, pinups, let's just say, yes. or m even more graphic. Yeah. Um, and people are doing this. I see a lot of women doing it online, like yeah. as a joke, like professional yeah. women yeah. are like trying to make LinkedIn photos. And then it comes back yeah. with something that looks like they're a runway model. And they're like, yeah. not exactly appropriate. So here yeah. is a stunningly beautiful, almost impossibly perfect. Well, it's, it's still, it's still working. It's, it's still, still working. working. It's yeah. not, but even at halfway yet. mark, it's like Scarlett Johansson in yeah. a very revealing dress nightgown i'm trying yeah, to figure out that, what, where it's going yeah, with the, this the, the left hand side is a little bit more uh, pg but like i think they're both okay that's just a really nice they're dress okay. i mean listen so, these are not yeah. you wouldn't use these these would be fine if you were going out for a night on the town these yeah you know going to the club but you wouldn't this is not an outfit you'd wear in a professional setting yeah but if you're an influencer uh, you might wear something like this you know? but an influencer would certainly wear something like this this would be the average instagram influencer's yeah. photo and yeah. so here you go so like you know we just did i mean this. that's super it's, impressive and you i guess my yes. question is to you uncanny valley if you yes. were scrolling yes not stopping and pinching and zooming and like doing yeah. like a detailed thing but if you were swiping through instagram Correct. would you swipe past this and think it was a real person with a filter yeah 
And yes or no? uh, um, I, I think you would. I think you would oh, see okay. this and think Great. it's a, re- a real person. Now, we're, we have one more demo after this I want to do, but let me show what you can do here. So I downloaded that picture mm-hmm. and um, uh, let's, let's just change it. Let's say in front of Eiffel Tower, let's pick something else. Let's say, how about say, uh, I don't know, beach a, or a, a, a New York yoga, City? Yeah, oh, doing, doing yoga, a yoga right. pose. Uh, on the beach, right? Okay, great. Well, this is yeah, Now, here we go. This could get a little risky, folks. So, we'll try okay. to keep it. I hope it keeps it PG. And so, basically, what I've done now is I've said, I want to say, you know, same thing. I'm going to give it an image input. So, it's the model's ah. going to use this this person. And I've obviously mm-hmm. changed it doing a yoga pose, um, uh, you know, on the beach wearing yoga clothing. So, like, hopefully, wow. all that comes true for us. Amazing. And so, so, the first one you did of an influencer, it picked a Caucasian, yes. blonde, well, yeah, whatever. I, it just, I, that was yeah. its own ideas. We didn't tell it that. Correct. Um, and now you're and now using that time, as the foundational. B- because that's the influencer that I want to have, right? right? And so. And here it goes. Here's somebody in a yoga pose, which is yes. uh, on a beach. And uh, yeah, it looks reasonable. And yeah, not and too it risque. Be, it should be a version of her, um, the first one that we created. And um and I want you to think about this, Jason, in terms of like, you know, the world of Instagram and, you know, everything that we've seen in our um, world and like, like the simplicity by which like these things can be um, created now. And uh, what is your reaction to this? And what does this mean to content? So a person has been around content so for a very long time. So here's what I would say. Um, if you are a yoga brand, let's yes. say in your first year, and so you're, you know, Lululemon and it's a startup. to You know, 20 years ago, to do these images for your catalog would be a $20,000 photo shoot. Plus the flights, plus... Well, yeah, no, no, I'm I'm saying 20,000 all in. You would would book a model. You would need a hairstylist, hair and makeup. You need a photographer, a photographer's assistant. I'm just giving you like a baseline. And let's say you probably need three models because you were doing a catalog or whatever. And you need a wardrobe, hair and makeup, pull permits, security photographer photographer's assistant uh and you know photographer's assistant would handle lighting and then you have to develop the film etc so it'd be a twenty thousand dollar uh process and oh you'd also need a location scout to find the place and you'd have to pull a permit to take pictures there if you were going to have lighting or typically if you're putting a tripod or lighting down that's when you need to get a permit if you're just filming and you know it's for you personally you're probably not going to get have an issue so this is why People use like a Canon 5D or like, you know, like those kind of handheld ones, because if anybody comes and there's those things can do low light and everything, you're just like, yeah, no, no, it's just yeah. for personal use. So we're just, yeah, yeah I'm an influencer. Got it. It's not a whole, yeah. yeah. Now when influencers came out, this dropped down to, let's say, 500 to $1,000 for a suit. People would have their own, okay. they would get their own wardrobe. So let's just call it $1,000 for the day. The Instead okay. of paying $1,000 a day for the model, the model would do it for free for credit uh, to put it on their Instagram or maybe give them $100 per diem. So it went down 95%. Now you've gone down 100%. You now are at free. And so the question is, if you're a Lululemon in year one or the competitor to that, you can make yeah, an, an unlimited brand on Shopify, up and coming brand on Shopify. You literally don't need models and you could be doing your pictures based on an editorial calendar. And if F1 was happening in Vegas, you could make these people doing yoga, you know, in front of a, you know, one of those F1 cars, or you could have the same models you know, at uh, Fashion Week in Milan or New York, you could have them at Art Basel. So now you're traveling around the world with a cohort of models, you own 100% of their identity and their rights. And it takes one person an hour a day to do this. 
it is insane. This is saving millions of dollars in marketing collateral. So this is called marketing collateral in the business. Okay. And this is the end of needing to hire models. Um, and okay. so if you did hire a model, you'd be hiring them because they were um, unique to the brand. So Suki Waterhouse, um, I met her one time at a party in LA, uh, quite charming. And she's like a, an influencer, musician, etc. You're, you're getting a brand endorsement from that person because she's hip and she's got this incredible fan base, etc. Yep. Kim Kardashian fan base traffic. But for the next year, you, you can't afford to pay them 500k or 50k, whatever yeah. they get. You know, I think it's probably 50k to 500k yeah. per yep. engagement. You're not people aren't going to pay that. And so yeah. or what if know. Kim made a model that was of her and made it available to download for use? Like, cameo. Was, yeah, yeah. I think that if it was for non-commercial use, it'd be fine. Yeah. And then the second you go into commercial, you got to pay a little bit more. So I think Cameo came up with this. Yeah. I saw somebody was using Russ, uh, ha the guy who plays Russ Hammerman or whatever that guy's name is, yeah. the, the Trace Comma guy with the yeah, 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 folding yeah, doors. Yeah, the, the, that guy the, was the doing a bunch of stuff for Acquired.com. Uh, okay. And he was doing it for Andrew Gazdecki. And yep. he would make it like really funny. Andrew Gazdecki. And he would do it in the <laughs> Russ Hammerman voice. And it was yeah. hilarious. And he I think like he, he could use that to promote his company and instead of paying $50 a cameo, you pay 500 or something. So I was yeah. talking to Steve from cameo and like, they just basically came up with a tier for sort of commercial work. And I think you can use it for one year. So they just, you know, a set of rights, like Kim Kardashian could let you do it on your site yep. and it's non-commercial and it's a hundred dollars an image. Or if you want to use a commercial, it's a thousand dollars an image and somebody just has to approve it. Yeah. So yeah, there could be something like that. Uh, Kim okay. wouldn't do it, but other people would. Other words, yeah. Okay. Like Last Grimes demo. is doing. Grimes yeah. is doing that for, for music, hey, you can make. For music. Yeah, and then actually what you, you would, what you would do is a, a royalty share. Now, royalties don't exist for e-commerce, but you could say, if you want to use this on Shopify, Shopify will make an API, Ooh, anything that great, sells. Oh, someone yeah. should do a Shopify app for this. That's yeah, a good so idea. So do it as a Shopify yeah. app. Uh, shout out Toby, yeah. from, fan of the pod. We yeah. have Toby set that up. And then let's say you put yourself, let's say they put Kim Kardashian or Suki yeah. Waterhouse, and yeah. they say, I approve me being in these 50 outfits. And th that's 50 of 250 SKUs. Anybody who sees her in the outfit, yeah. gets tracked, she and she gets 10% like of the thing. sale. Yeah, like, okay. yeah, like a super affiliate. Okay. Okay. Uh, so let letter grade, grade one more, one more demo I'm after giving this, this uh, man, I, I got to give it an A minus, I think it needs a little more refinement, but it, it's, it's almost very perfect. technical because I had to load a model in collab and all that. But this, this is needs to so, be an app. Yeah, if this was an app yeah. format. I yeah. give it an A plus because yeah. I but I just actually I'll, I'll, if it was an app format, I give it an A. In yeah. this format, I give it either a B plus or an A minus. I'll give it a B plus. Yes. I don't want to go yeah. too crazy with my letter grade. I give it a B plus because I don't it doesn't cause it doesn't cross the uncanny valley enough for me. And it doesn't okay. do video yet. These okay. need to do short videos. Okay. So if I, I'm going to reserve a, a grade point for app okay. and a grade, well, some grade. I'm, I'm going to give it an A, a minus because okay. the next product will wrap up quickly here because we're a bit over. A bit over this time. is this is um, so this is a new tool called. I like uh, that picture of me. I look okay. I'm um, that's like yeah, medium mag, fat Jcal. Magnifique. Medium fat. And what it can do is you you drop an image here and it's an upscaler and it will ah. and see what it's doing here. It's kind of oh, it gave um, me five o'clock shadow. It gave you five o'clock shadow and like it look at it improved your wait eyebrows and hair. Yeah. Wait, wait, which version is me? This the, is the you. one with that's me. Okay, Th that's you. And this it is like a, a little better? bit older. Oh, it well, meant older, like, older, because that's what I was I was trying to go for. Because these are younger pictures, right? Yeah, it gave me a little turkey neck. So this is this photo of yourself. Got it. And, and then you made me older. 
made you anger, older. gave you a bit of a thing. And like it cleaned up the photo. Like it made the hair look a little bit more realistic. It fixed your suit. Yeah, that's me at 65. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Fix your Not so bad. suit. Yeah. Okay. So then I took another one of you and I said, uh, this is a quite young photo of you. I said, Yeah, this is me this at 30. I'm about 30 years old there. Yeah. Uh, make an older J Cow. Wow, I look so wow. distinguished when I'm thin. Right? Look at that. Wow, That's I look like right? Pierce Brosnan, a little Pierce yeah. Brosnan going there. That's from two, actually, it's from 2009. It's a 15-year-old yeah. photo. Yeah. And uh, just, I don't, did you tell it how many years you went ahead? I just said older. I think the prompt was uh, older. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, and so. Yeah, I mean, it gives it, me my, it, it actually doesn't, yeah. it looks like the waypoint between now and 65. So I'm 53 yeah. now. That was, uh, yeah. it was 14 years ago. So that was, I was yeah. 40 or something. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I was 39 in that photo. Yeah. So yeah. 39 to now. Yeah, it's probably right in between. Not yeah. bad. Okay. And then for for the influencers we were making, and I'll just do this quickly here. You know, we were saying there's a ah. little bit of uncanny value, but if you put it over them, you see here, it ah. just gives them a little bit more realism, wrinkles, and um, got it. So you know, just this touch it. Is the right? opposite of a touch up. This is a touch down. Touch down to make them upscaled and more realistic. Wow. Oh, so if you yeah. put these two things together, it's a plus. Yes. This looks yes. like a real yoga mom. Yes. This looks like a 40-year-old yoga mom from, yeah. you know, Pacific see, look, look Palisades, the, Malibu, the whatever. Watch the bicep. Watch the bicep. Yeah, it, yeah it added, instead of it yeah. all being perfectly smooth. Yes. It, 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 you, know, I you know what I like about this? I have three daughters. I like not putting a standard out there that's absurd. And yes. that's what this AI is doing, is putting out an absurd standard none of us can sort of ever achieve. Um, and I like this, um, uh, you know... Instead, the I like the touchdown. I think touchdown for the win. Stop yeah. touching everybody up. Let's go touchdown. Yes. Let, let's let's, let's own it. I like being, I like moving into my Harrison Ford years. I'm um, hoping my Clint Eastwood years. I hope I look grizzled and, you know. Chiseled. Grizzled and chiseled. Grizzled and chiseled is what I'm going for. And I've been, I've been yeah. doing my two, I'm starting my two mile run program, trying to see if I can Oof. lower my two mile time. Okay. And then just, you know, I got my, I got my uh, 20 pound weights so, over there on the floor and I just. That's it. Yeah. That's I, just, it. I just hit them once in a while. All right, this has been amazing. Uh, so awesome. for the touchdown product, I'm going to give that a B plus. Yes. I'm giving the other thing a B plus. You put them together, I give them an A. Yes. So, but I'm going B plus on both. I think they're both fascinating. I think it's good. I think they've done a nice job like making the photos look more realistic, which is not the touch up and what we see in the Instagram filters. It's like, it's an upscale, but making them more realistic. And uh, I think it really changes the game for e-commerce entrepreneurs or folks that want to, you know, sell products and want to have, you yeah. know, um, marketing material around it. What was the term you used? You called it marketing. Uh, marketing collateral. Marketing Mar collateral. Marketing yeah. collateral. So, yeah. you know, marketing collateral is, let's say you had that picture from the beach yoga session and you had the three models, yep. you know, okay, we can use this when we go to um, a trade show. And we put that as the backdrop. Oh, on our website, it's the marquee image. Um, yes. And just really quickly, um, uh, if we could pull up my sub stacks, I'll just show you what I did here. So go to the top there. So this is Jason Calacanis on uh, startups. And I said, this is the greatest moment in time to start a company, the greatest moment in time to start a company question mark right now. And I explain why. And I gave it a prompt that I wanted something that would be the roaring 20s. So combine 1920s with a futuristic world. And we'll call it the roaring AI 20s. And I said, add robots, add flying cars, yada, yada. And then put uh, the roaring 20s at top. Yeah. And it did S the roaring 20s. Like it still has text. And then I said, put somewhere yeah. on this picture, start a company. So you see at that store, it says start a company. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is um, this took me five minutes because at the bottom of my story, 
I just uploaded a gallery of all the other versions because <laughs> I thought <laughs> wow. it would be funny. So here's the yeah. Roaring Twenties. Yeah. This is a cyberpunk version. Start a company yep. now. It's spelling things wrong. This one is weird. Here's another one that is uh, a bit more like uh, Art Deco. Next one. Um, and I did all this with Dolly. And yeah. This one was kind of ugly. Uh, this one was Blade Runner-ish with a bunch of Blade drones Runner. and neon. Yeah. This one was also uh, cyberpunk neon. Um, so anyway, these illustrations, and then if you go back to my previous um, substack, I did the productivity one. And so now in this one, I did a prompt, you know, I wanted a bulldog in it, a cup of coffee and, and you know, uh, a table. And so now I have like a, a concept here, I make these marquee images for my blog posts, and I think it makes them very appealing for people. Yeah. And I don't yeah. need to rely on somebody to make I, I used to go find a gift that I liked and throw a gift yeah. in there and uh, or yeah. make a gift from a movie. So I go find a movie uh, I like I download the video clip. The go greatest time was, was ever it, to be an entrepreneur, all the incredible. tools that just right at your fingertips, sit there, there and just do it all, which is a good a time as any for me to just give a final plug here definitive.io if you need work done by a genius, uh, that genius would be uh, my friend, uh, Cindy Mantra, and, and our whole team, oh, the whole team. okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the team works for you. If you go to if only I started.com, you will see a video of me talking about, um, you know, starting a company and I my team just got the domain name if only I started.com. And so I just made a, a, a 15 minute video. And oh, wow. uh, this is okay. about founder university, go watch the video, go to founder.university. We're starting this, we give people 25k checks, two or three person teams, we accept 200 teams, we give the $25, 25k check to about wow. 30 of them, 40 of them per okay. cohort. So I put about a half million dollars to work a million dollars yeah. to work every quarter. So about great. My my budget for this is about two million a year. Two million a year, yeah. Okay. Two million a year is what I'd like to do at scale. Um, that is obviously uh, eighty companies, twenty five k each. So I'd like to, wow. or a hundred companies, twenty five k each would be two point five. I would okay. like to actually get this to two hundred companies, two point uh, five million. A, no, yeah, two hundred companies, five million a year. So that's what I'm year, working yeah. towards. I want to put five million dollars a year to work. Yeah. Uh, in the fund, you're an LP, I'm an LP. Yes. In 25k checks, we take 2.5% of the company, it's the first check into the company helps you get organized, yeah. helps you get your lawyer. And so just yeah. let us pick up the first 25k yep. uh, of your expenses. And then you got what your excuse 2.5% is like nothing, you know, it's nothing. And, and, and if the yeah. company shuts down, and it doesn't work out. No harm, no I, foul, we lose 25k, yep. you lose six months of yeah. your time. If it does work out, all we ask is that we get to invest in the next two rounds, yeah. put another 100, 250K in so we can yeah. get that 2.5% up to 10 or seven yeah. or six, or yeah. whatever, whatever works whatever out. Whatever the number is, yeah. Whatever the number is, the number is. Well, so I think it's great as an entrepreneur. Love it. It's, I call it a pre-accelerator. And so I'd like you to yeah. do a talk at it. So, uh, hey, producers, okay. can I want Sunny to do an AI talk and an AI segment uh, with the founder university companies. I've now done, I just want to let people know, 60. This year, I did 60 25k checks, I think. So I'm, wow. I'm deadly serious about this. I am yeah. investing in 100 new companies a year and doing follow ons yeah. with 50 companies. And wow. I think we're going to catch up to Y Combinator. I don't you know, listen, launch yeah. fund for launch.co slash memo launch.co slash memo. There's a little bit of time for QPs to get in. But the, I think the accredited investor slots are filled. All right, everybody, wow. we'll see you next time. Okay. Follow at Sandeep, follow at Jason, follow at TWI startups. We love you guys. Give us feedback. Sonny, this has been a great joy. Now we play poker every week. We yes. do a podcast episode every week. And then we're going to start chasing that pow pow. Let's, Let's go. Let's do it. We need Let's that go, everybody. See you next time. All right.